so many cats, a surprising number of dogs actually felt like they are going to die, literally, yeah. at the vet clinic. Now, you didn't become a veterinarian to have your client feel that way. No. Of course not. everyone and a very warm welcome to the Vet Method podcast. My name is Sanjay Mangabai and I'm here on a pleasantly sunny day in Salisbury in the southwest of England. And today I'm very delighted to be joined by Steve Dale. Hi Steve, welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. So whereabouts are you today, Steve? I am in the heart of Chicago where it's 90 degrees at this very moment. Ah, wow, a bit warm then. <laughs> yep, yeah. In fact, you know, we're we're experiencing record heat in the United States. It was mm-hmm. the warmest June we've ever had. July yeah. looks like it's going to be that way. And unfortunately, the result of that, mm-hmm. one of the results of that, uh, a record number of dogs are dying of heat stroke. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, just, I just wrote a piece about for pet parents about how to notice that your dog is beginning to suffer and. Uh, how to take action and also how to make it so it doesn't happen in the first place. Absolutely. So there's still quite a bit of education that needs to be done surrounding that, um, surrounding heat stroke, especially in warmer, in warmer times. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So a little bit about Steve, as well as being a certified animal behavior consultant, he's also host of three radio shows, appears on TV, speaks at conferences around the world and contributes to books and magazines. He has reached more pet owners over the past few decades than any other pet journalist in America. Wow, Steve, it looks like you have a pretty sort of busy time. You've got plenty to keep you occupied. Having such an enormous influence, I guess, comes with um, a lot of responsibility. Well, I don't know, I suppose. And and I take strong positions on things like positive reinforcement dog training. Yeah. Uh, Like like Fear Free. When I first heard about Fear Free... Uh-huh. I thought, oh my gosh, I instantly understood because veterinary visits, and I know in the UK, uh-huh. uh, and I'm talking pre-pandemic moment, veterinary visits were somewhat on the decline and in America as well. Uh-huh. And there are many reasons for that. But one of the reasons and the most significant reason, it turns out, uh-huh. is that if you're uncomfortable, if your pet, particularly among millennials, who they perceive as their child, yeah, is is uncomfortable or terrified mm-hmm. at, at going to the veterinarian, mm-hmm. the simple answer is don't go. And and that's what so many people with cats more than dogs, but with dogs too, mm-hmm. so many people have not done, just not going to the veterinarian. Uh, and Fear Free began by saying, let's pay attention not only to the medical well-being, but the emotional well-being mm-hmm. of our companion. And yeah. I would argue that so many cats a surprising number of dogs actually felt like they are going to die, literally, yeah. at the vet clinic. Now, you didn't become a veterinarian to have your client feel that way. No. Of course not. And it's uh, mortifying to you, I'm sure, mm-hmm. when people like me say this, the behavior people say, they actually probably think they are going to die. Yeah. And, and now that we've measured cortisol level in some of these animals, Mm-hmm. We still don't know exactly what they're thinking. And I don't know if they're cognitively thinking, I am going to die. Mm-hmm. But I think they might be. In any which case, they're not happy. Fear free is all about, okay, we have the tools today to change yeah. 
And we also have the tools to change how they are day to day in households. I mean, no pet parent wants their dog to be terrified of thunderstorms. They have separation anxiety. Uh, Absolutely. Cat that is fearful of everybody that comes in the house. How do we fix these things? And today we know how. So let's do it. So our dogs and cats and other pets don't live in this mode of fear every day. We also know that living in that mode actually does impact mm-hmm. the physical well-being, mental well-being and physical well-being are interconnected. Uh, I was all about fear-free and yeah. fear-free happy homes, which is the website for pet clients. One of the reasons I love Fear Free Happy Homes is not only everything I said, but mm-hmm. it's also because how many of your clients have gone online and they've seen something, anything, and you say, oh my gosh, how can they believe that? Yes. How can anyone even print that? Yes. You know, uh, I mean, but nevertheless, because there's so much misinformation and the mm-hmm. Fear Free Happy Homes, actually, I'll write something, even I will write something for that website. And it is reviewed by a boarded veterinary behaviorist and or a boarded uh-huh. veterinary technician. So every it's like a peer-reviewed journal for pet parents. That doesn't exist anywhere, but it does. Mm-hmm. So send everyone to fearfreehappyhomes.com. Okay, will do. And we'll have that link um, in the resources section of the podcast. You know, you, you bring up some memories, uh, Steve. Um, I qualified um, in Zimbabwe about 32 years ago. I don't know if you know anything about Africa, but um, most of the dogs were guard dogs and all the houses had fences and big gates and crime was a problem even back then. So no vet starts off wanting to cause fear in animals. And we just focus on the medicine, but all the dogs came in because they were guard dogs and German shepherds and Dobermans and Rottweilers. Invariably, we muzzled all of them and we made things a lot worse. But over the years, and then I came to the UK and a lot of, most of the pets were part of the family and the behavior from these big dogs just wasn't there and uh, started learning more about uh, the whole fear-free thing and how we, you know, we can change an all-fear experience to an all-treat one and uh, maybe focus sometimes less on the medicine and more on how the animals and the people are feeling. I, I think that's uh, great. And imagine... First of all, you can positive reinforcement really does work. But mm-hmm. but moreover, imagine what it takes. So, and uh, a technician in America, Debbie Martin, tells the story mm-hmm. about like five people holding down, uh, might have been a Belgian Malinois, might have been a German Shepherd, I don't know, mm-hmm. but holding down this dog so the dog can undergo an attack. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, now, the adrenaline in that dog system, the dog thinking, actually, maybe literally, I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dog doing everything it can to get out of that situation, mm-hmm. which is potentially endangering the five people holding down the dog. Mm-hmm. And Debbie tells the story about how the next day, and the day after, and the day after, she felt like she had done the best workout of her life, or the worst workout of her life, because all her muscles had. So if that was the case for the five people. Imagine how the dog felt for days afterwards after being held down by all the people. You know, and, and the thing was for veterinarians, learn just, well, just get it done. Yeah. Well, today we have the tools where it doesn't need to be that way. It's not fair to the animal. And pet parents in the UK anyway, and America, mm-hmm. if they see that today, 
are horrified. <laughs> yeah. They're not going to come okay. back to you. You're going to lose a client, and probably they'll write about you online. Can you believe yeah. that happened? You know. So they don't even want you to take the dog in the back room without you being there. And frankly, I get it. Mm-hmm. So Fear Free is about changing all of that, and I think they greatly have. Mm-hmm. Okay, fantastic. So, Steve, who would be the ideal person you wanted to get your message to? Oh, everybody. So I, I communicate to veterinarians and technicians mm-hmm. uh, when I speak in countries where there are technicians. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I speak all around the world at conferences in America, too, and I'm so grateful for that. Okay. It's one of the joys and thrills of my life that I have that opportunity. I love doing it. Uh, but also, my wheelhouse is pet parents. Okay. Because, I mean, there are veterinary behaviorists out there. There are others who communicate, certainly to veterinarians. Mm-hmm. Uh, in any cases, frankly, do a far better job than I, for sure. Uh, but uh, parents, I, I have the platforms where for many years I've been communicating in various platforms to parents about all sorts of different things. But it's what people most want to know about. It turns out I learned a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Either why does my dog do that or that? Mm-hmm. Because they're curious. Yeah. You know, why does the dog go around three times before the dog does a dump? Can I say that in your podcast? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. Uh, or uh, more importantly, why is my dog continuing to bark all the time? Mm-hmm. My landlord, by the way, is telling me if that doesn't stop, I have to get rid of the dog. And these kinds of problems mean life and death. And it is argued that the number one cause of death for companion animals in America Mm-hmm. Isn't cancer, kidney disease, or heart disease? It's, mm-hmm. it's actually behavior. Yeah, man, I think that's true in the UK as well. You know, um, and sometimes people get embarrassed about it. You know, and they they say they relinquish the animal uh, to a shelter for some other reason. But behind it, on closer questioning, is often a behavior-related issue that Absolutely. was hard to manage. And I think you've answered uh, my next question, which was going to be, which is, you know, what's the biggest problem or problems um, that you think your listeners uh, face and how would you solve it? Well, behavior, broadly speaking, uh, mm. I, I had a list at one time because I went through all the behavior questions I answered at that point yeah. in time. I think separation anxiety in dogs might now be at the top of the list. Okay. But right there, right there are litter box issues uh, for cats. Uh, we have more indoor cats than you do in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, that's a huge, huge problem for so many people. And and no matter what the problem is, almost always that problem can be rectified and done so appropriately. Yeah. You know, there, there are still dog trainers I know in the UK and here mm-hmm. that uh, use techniques that, again, just kind of get it done. Yeah. Uh, but, but because you can moderate behavior in the short term, mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're actually changing behavior in the long term. So I can get a dog to do anything right now mm-hmm. if I threw something at the dog, the dog isn't going to lunge at whatever it was lunging at because mm-hmm. I threw something. Now, is that the right thing to do? Of course not. Yeah. And, and not only is it not humane, I'd argue in the long term, it, it's certainly not that will impact potentially the human animal. Absolutely. Okay, so that's, you know, separation anxiety is right up there. Litter box training is right up there. What are the typical mistakes that people make in trying to resolve those issues? <laughs> going going to the wrong people to get the answer. Um, <laughs> and again, no one wants the wrong answer. Yeah. Uh, but there, 
desperate or they don't have time or don't think about it or think that veterinarians aren't interested in answering or you point out maybe embarrassed to tell them yeah so veterinarians not the guy at the pet store who's 18 years old Mm -hmm. not some random website good websites can help but even a good website can't if you can tell me please do that there is a website out there that can do blood work on a dog or a cat. I want to know what that website yeah. is. If there's a website that can listen to the heart of a dog or a cat. So, you know, first you need to rule out that it's not a medical issue. Absolutely. And you can do that as a veterinary practitioner. I am unsure that any website anywhere, maybe technology, 50 years from now, who knows? But mm-hmm. right now, that is impossible to do. And the medical needs to be ruled out. Also, the background of that cat. And ideally, the background of what that person are really important to figure out and weave your way through solving behavior. Okay. It's not a matter usually of going to a website. Okay. Now, there are really good websites out there that can show you how to do it. Yeah. Uh, for instance, how to convince your cat carrier isn't also bad. Uh, yeah. And there are websites that provide like Here Three Happy Homes. My website, stevedale.tv. That have videos and also have printed information about how to desensitize and counter condition cats to carriers as one example. But there's no website that can look at your individual pet and individual circumstance. People are also embarrassed, as you point out, to talk to their pet owner. Does that mean I'm a bad pet owner because my cat is peeing all over the house? Also, what one can person considers behavior about one house I went into, and this kind of thing is happening in the the problem is the cat being generally shot yeah. and, and to convince the cat that the carrier isn't so bad after all. So I went into the house and what I smelled was cat pee. Okay. These people did not even perceive that the cat was urinating outside the box as a problem. Yeah. I wouldn't want to live like that myself. They thought, well, if you had a cat, that's how it goes. Okay. No, of course, that's not how it goes. And that means this cat was suffering some sort of anxiety. Screen anxiety in cat's case. We were able to fix that as well as, by the way, the problems that they solved. Yeah. yeah, wow. So, a lot of people, one of the mistakes they make is just going online, not knowing how to filter out the good information from the trustworthy information, maybe not um, ruling out any medical problems first. And you know, trying to resolve a behavioral problem that is actually a medical problem, and as you say, there's well, no sure. website. Uh, you know, the cat's missing the litter box, and I could put 150. Emails. I could put 150 litter boxes in that house. I could try 150 cat litters. Yeah. And if the cat has diabetes, if the yeah. cat has kidney disease, yeah, well, I'm not really helping that cat. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely on the money there. Thank you, Steve. Um, what's one valuable free? resource that you can direct people to? I am honored to be on the board of an organization called uh, Every Cat Health Foundation for, I don't know, 15 years or so. I guess they can't get rid of me. I don't know. It was formerly called the Win Feline Foundation. Mm-hmm. Same organization, just a different name. Mm-hmm. Are familiar with the Feline Foundation. If you're not familiar with what now Every Cat Health Foundation is, Mm-hmm. You're familiar with what we do. So if you've ever treated a cat as a veterinary professional, if mm-hmm. you've ever known a cat as a cat parent, if mm-hmm. you've ever seen a cat outside, yeah. that cat, any cat, 
has been in some way, shape, or form impacted by this organization. Everything really we know about cats from vaccines they get, from vaccines individual cats don't get, from the way we understand community cats live, to what cats and animal shelters need, and for sure what cats need or require who live in our homes, mm -hmm. medically and otherwise. So what we know about heart disease, for example, in cats. Mm -hmm. uh, and in fact, this October, we're celebrating, if you will, what we know, and we're focusing on what we don't know, because there's more of what we don't know than what we know, mm -hmm. about feline hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Yeah. So yeah. we're looking at that in October, uh, particularly as we try to raise funds mm -hmm. uh, with the Every Cat Health Foundation. So, I mean, this is in the UK and America, yeah. a huge killer of cats. It is the number one cause of sudden death. And Absolutely. one of the issues with cats being outdoors in the UK is uh -huh. if they don't come back, you don't know why. And in some cases, anyway, it's because they may have died suddenly. And they yeah. show, as you know, ne not necessarily any symptoms or any signs. They just rot one day. Absolutely. How do we fix this problem? Well, we need to, we can. But like with everything else in the world, it takes money to do it. So it's everycat.org for more information. Absolutely. And we'll, and we'll include that link for our listeners on the podcast. Thank you, Steve. And finally, what's the one question that I should have asked you that I didn't? I don't know what I want for my birthday. <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure of that. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm grateful personally if I've made a difference. And you know what we've seen over the course of time? I've been doing this over 25 years now. Mm -hmm. and, and what we've seen, even in that 25 years has been a long time. And we've yep. seen the human-animal bond multiply in yep. a good way. Um, we've seen millennials right now today mm -hmm. in the UK and in America lead the way. So it's millennials that are saying, I care about the emotional well-being of our pets, which yep. is why I think Fear Free came along at just the right time. Yes, uh, It's called ICAT in the UK. Yes. Great organization. Mm -hmm. You know, they, can I tell you a secret? Yep, sure. Okay. You won't tell anyone. No, I won't tell anyone. Okay. So, so the organization, it's, I can't, it's another name as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know what that name is? I can't think of it. In the UK, the cat organization. Oh, it's a great organization on the yeah. tip of my tongue. But anyway, they invite uh, me to the House of Millions. Oh. Meeting. Okay. Yeah. So I go to this meeting, mm -hmm. great education about feline health and behavior. Mm -hmm. 30 of us, maybe, in the mm -hmm. room. It was absolutely terrific. Here's the part that you can't tell anyone. Okay. I, I walked out of there Yeah. with the silver. Oh. Because I was at the House of Lords. <laughs> I can't How can I you. not do that? <laughs> We'd have to keep this podcast a secret. <laughs> Shh, don't tell anyone. They'll never let me back into you. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, your secret's safe with me, Steve. Uh, all that remains for me to say is thank you, Steve. You, you, know, you gave us some really valuable insights um, into animal behaviors and what we as humans you know, can learn from them. And I'm sure our listeners will take away some really valuable lessons. Once again, thank you, Steve, for taking the time to talk to us today. My honor to be here. Thank you.